Now let's uh, take a, open our Bibles and, and take a look at the passage that we'll be taught from this morning. So we're reading from Mark chapter 6, reading from verses 30 through to 56. So chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away to a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many of them saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, There is a desolate place, and the hour is late now. Send them away and go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. And then he commanded them to sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups by hundred and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them. And he ate and they were all satisfied. And they took up the twelve baskets full of broken pieces and fish of the fish. And those who the loaves were 5,000 men. Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out at sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but then they saw him walking on the sea, and they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got out of the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to a land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringes of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. And on that note, I will hand to Kevin, because I can barely speak anymore. Morning. Uh, let me add my welcome. It's lovely to, uh, to see you. Thanks, Ash, for persevering through the reading. 
appreciate that. Um, and if you could keep your, your Bibles open, it might be helpful as we study the passage together. But the, the title over the passage is Following Jesus. Following Jesus. Um, many years ago, and many uh, kilograms ago, um, when I was a lot lighter, I used to do a little bit of rock climbing uh, with a good friend of mine. And sometimes we would go down to the sea cliffs or to the, the Cairngorm Mountains. And uh, we would take turns leading the climb. But he was much better and more experienced than me, so um, he would tend to lead the climb more often than I would. And leading the climb took guts, because you're on the sharp end of the rope. There's no one above you, and there's no one holding on to you if you come off the cliff. But following the leader could also be difficult. Sometimes you would question the route. Mike, is, are you sure you're on the right route? That's not the, the way I would go. And there were times where you just couldn't see the route. Even although he'd just gone up, you just couldn't see it. Sometimes during the climb, you couldn't see the next move. You couldn't see the hold for your hands. And you might start to panic. And your hands would start to sweat and your legs might shake. And you could literally freeze. Moments where you could do nothing, you were paralyzed with fear. Often uh, Mike, my friend, would shout down from above words of encouragement or instructions to me. Keep going, that's it. You can do it. Reach just a little bit higher and, and to your right and you'll find a hold. Got it. Thanks, Mike. And eventually, after a bit of a struggle, pushing yourself mentally and physically, you would get to the top of the climb. And the big lesson for me from those experiences was to trust the leader. Follow Mike. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's gone before. He's made it. Well, this is not a climbing master class today. And I, I couldn't give a climbing master class. But to me, that's just a picture of life. Sometimes in life, we, we can't see the way ahead. We're just not sure of the route to take. Or we don't know what the next move is. And there are times in our life when we are frozen in fear. We are crippled with anxiety and we are unable to move. And we need a leader. We need someone we can trust. Someone to follow. Someone who knows the way. Someone who holds us. And keeps us safe in those moments of uncertainty and fear. And the Bible tells us, and we'll see from Mark chapter 6 today, that that someone, that leader, is Jesus Christ. You know, one of the most well-known passages in all scripture, Psalm 23, written by King David. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, he leads me. 
Jesus leads his people like a shepherd. Now the theme of today's passage is is following Jesus. And there are three different episodes which take place in three different locations. Jonathan, if you could perhaps put the, the next slide up, please. We find in this passage that Jesus leads his disciples into three very different places. First of all, in verses 30 to 44, Jesus leads his disciples into a desolate place. And there he performs the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Then in verses 45 to 52, he leads them into a stormy place. And Jesus comes to them in the storm, in the middle of the storm, walking on the water. And then finally, verses 53 to the end, Jesus leads his disciples to a safe place. He brings them safe to the shore. And in each of these different episodes, in each of these different places, Jesus reveals to his disciples something glorious about who he is and about his power to sustain and to protect his people. These are lessons from following Jesus wherever he leads us in life. Let's look at the first episode in verses 30 to 44. Jesus leads his disciples into a desolate place. These are weary disciples. Weary disciples. Look at verse 30. Now it's been a while since we looked at Mark. uh, But you may remember from our last study in in Mark chapter 6. That Jesus had sent his disciples on a mission. Look at verse 7. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. And gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey. Down to verse 12. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. They should turn from their sin and turn to God. And they cast out many demons. And anointed with oil many who were sick. And healed them. Now when we come to verse 30, here are the disciples and we find them reporting back to Jesus on the mission. Uh, And they tell him all that they had done and taught. But they're weary. They're weary. They need rest. They've been so busy ministering to so many different people that they even haven't had time to eat. But Jesus knows they need rest. And Jesus knows exactly the type of rest that they need. Look at verse 31. Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Rest is so important. We all need times of rest, both physical, mental, spiritual rest. Especially in ministry. So many folks burn themselves out in church ministry. 
That selfless sacrifice that never seems to stop 24-7, caring for others, can easily lead to burnout. It's important to rest, to have spiritual rest. And so Jesus here, he leads his disciples to a desolate place. I don't know if you noticed, but three times over, Mark emphasizes that this was a desolate place. Verses 31, 32, and 35. Desolate. It means it was uninhabited. There was, there was no one there. It's translated elsewhere in the Bible as wilderness. Desolate. They went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. But when they got there, it wasn't uninhabited. People had already gathered there in anticipation. And Jesus and his weary disciples arrived and they were met by a needy crowd. Weary disciples and a needy crowd. Mark tells us it was a great crowd. Verse 44, 5,000 men at least. Matthew tells us, besides women and children, you add all that up, and this was at least 10, 15, 20,000 strong. The feeding of the 5,000 is a misnomer. It's the feeding of the tens of thousands. Now, what will Jesus do with the crowd? What will happen to the rest the disciples were promised? I can only imagine their faces falling as these weary disciples saw this huge crowd waiting for them. And from the perspective of the disciples, their rest had been interrupted by the need of others. Have you ever been there exhausted? Looking forward to a a time of rest. But then there's an interruption. A phone call perhaps. And someone needs you. Someone needs your help. Someone needs your time. Someone needs your support. And you think not now. I'm just spent. And it's how we manage those interruptions In life that can be so important. And Jesus will show his disciples here. Exactly that. And he will show them the secret of true spiritual rest. So in this this desolate place we find weary disciples. We find a needy crowd. But praise God we find a compassionate saviour. How did Jesus handle the crowd? Look at verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus didn't see the crowd as an interruption. Nor as an obstacle, nor as a nuisance. He saw them as an opportunity for his grace. The word compassion, it's, a, it's an interesting word. 
Um, This particular word compassion is used only in association with Jesus. And it really means to be moved to your inward parts, to your guts. Sometimes it's translated as bowels or intestines. And it means that Jesus was touched at the deepest part of his being. He was gutted. Have you ever used that expression? It's where it comes from. He was gutted. And what was it that so moved Jesus? When he saw the thousands of people, when he saw the crowd, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. With no leader. No one to care for them. No one to feed them. Or to guide them through life. They didn't know the shepherd of Psalm 23. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ as the shepherd of your life? Are you following him? If you don't know him, why don't you come to the Hope Explored courses that we're running over the next three Tuesdays and learn more about Jesus, the shepherd. Now the next bit of the story is really important because Jesus ministers to this crowd. He ministers to the thousands of people and he ministers to them at their deepest need, at a spiritual level. He didn't begin by feeding them loaves and fishes. Look at the end of verse 34. He began to teach them many things. Luke's gospel, we learn that he taught them about the kingdom of God. And Jesus continued to teach them for what must have been many hours. Until it was late. Look at verse 35. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. This is the real feeding of the 5,000. Jesus spiritually feeding the people. You know, the greatest need that each one of us has in our lives is a spiritual need. It is the need to be reconciled with God. To turn from our sin and to turn to God and to seek his forgiveness and by faith trust Jesus Christ as the shepherd of our lives. Now verse 36, these these weary disciples are now even more wearied. Send the crowds away, Lord. They've got nothing to eat. Let them go and buy themselves something to eat. Disciples didn't have the same compassion as Jesus had for the crowd. Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. You feed them. What? We're supposed, we're supposed to be here for a rest. You want us to feed them? What about our rest? Do you not care about us, Jesus? Now Jesus teaches them the secret of true spiritual rest. Jesus says, you feed them. What do you have to give them? Go and find out. 
They come back, five loaves and two fish. That's all we've got. And they've only got that because they nabbed some packed lunch off a young boy. It's not even theirs. We've practically got nothing, Jesus. We can't feed them ourselves. Exactly right. That's the point Jesus is trying to get across to them. You can't feed them yourselves, but but I can feed them. If you're prepared to put what little you have into my hands, and trust me, I can feed them and satisfy them, and I'll do it through you. Look at verses 41. In 42, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all and they all ate and were satisfied. Here is the secret to true spiritual rest that before we can minister to others, we must first come to Jesus and receive from him. It is the truth of John 15 verse 5. Without me you can do nothing. And having received from him. Jesus by his grace. Uses us to feed others. Now isn't this a wonderful miracle. Here are. Tens of thousands of people with nothing to eat, nothing to satisfy themselves in a desolate place. And yet at the end of it all, every single one of them ate and were satisfied to the full. Only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus, the creator God, can take five loaves and two fish. And in his hands, he can create food to fill and satisfy each and every person. Jesus alone has the power to satisfy all who feed on him. And the real lesson of the feeding of the 5,000 is not that Jesus gives us bread to feed others. It is that Jesus himself is the bread. He is the bread of life. It is Jesus that satisfies. Jesus himself and only Jesus can fill your deep spiritual need. And satisfy your soul completely. Look at verse 43. They took up 12 baskets. Full of broken pieces. And of the fish. Why 12? I don't know. But simple mass. There's one basket for each of the 12 disciples. And when you serve Jesus Christ. When you put what little you have into his hands. You receive more than ever you give. And that is what comes from putting all that you have in the hands of Jesus. Then Jesus sends his disciples from a desolate place. He sends them into a stormy place. Which brings us to the second episode. Look at verse 45. Immediately. He Made. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. I want you to notice that these weary disciples are obedient disciples. 
They are simply obeying Jesus. They are just doing what Jesus is telling them to do. Mark says Jesus made them get into the boat. That's a very strong word. It means he compelled them to get into the boat. It was Jesus who sent them into the storm. Why did Jesus do that? These two miracles are linked. Look at um, verse 52. For they, the disciples, did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Even after the miracle of the loaves and the fish, they still did not truly appreciate Jesus for who he was. The bread of life. And maybe they were still angry about the crowd and about not getting the rest. I don't know. But they still didn't get it about Jesus. And that can be true of us at times in our lives. That we can take Jesus for granted. And we can lose sight of how great and glorious Jesus is. And we can stop feeding on Jesus as the bread of life. And we can allow our hearts to become hard. And God's word makes little impact on how we live. We come and go from church. We hear God's word and we leave unchanged. And quite often... It takes a storm coming into our lives to make us appreciate the majesty of Jesus. To teach us that we are dependent upon him. To teach us not to look to ourselves, but to look to him and to cling to him and to have faith in him and to trust him in the storm. That's why Jesus sent them into the storm. Now this was a painful storm. Look at verse 48. They were making headway painfully. That word means tortured. They were being tortured in the storm. The wind was against them. Everything was against them. It seemed as if they were making no progress. They were experienced fishermen. They had been rowing for hours and hours. And they must have been exhausted. Frightened. Yet here they are struggling in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And where was Jesus? He wasn't even with them. And they're just doing what Jesus asked them to do. Maybe you're facing a storm in your life today. And like these disciples, it just seems as though everything is against you. And you're struggling to make headway. And you just can't see the way forward. And maybe you're asking, where's Jesus 
when I need him. Where is he? Well, I want you to take encouragement from this. That there were three things that the disciples didn't know in the midst of this storm. Number one, they didn't know that Jesus was praying. They didn't know that Jesus was watching. And they didn't know that Jesus was coming to save them. Obedient disciples in a painful storm. But now a sovereign Lord comes to them. Look at verse 48. And he saw that they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, that's the the last watch before the dawn between 3 and 6 a.m., the darkest hour. He came to them, walking on the sea. Jesus was with them in the storm. He was watching over them. And he comes to them at the fourth watch of the night in the darkest hour. And and just look how Jesus comes to them. He comes walking on the sea. The Lord of creation. He's in control. He's sovereign. The wind and the waves Obey him. The things that worry and frighten us. The things that go over our heads. Jesus has them all under his feet. Mark says in verse 48. He meant to pass by them. What does this strange phrase mean? Well there's there's different views. But back in the Old Testament, Moses, in Exodus 33, he he cries to God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. God put Moses in the cleft of the rock and he covered him with his hand. And we read that he passed by. God was revealing his glory to Moses. I think that's what Jesus is doing here to these weary disciples. Jesus is revealing the glory of who he is. Look at verse 50. Jesus speaks. For they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid, it is I. In Greek, ego imai. It's the Greek translation of the name of God from the Old Testament. I am who I am. And Jesus is declaring who he is. He is the great I am. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. He is God. He is revealing his glory. He is the sovereign Lord. Lord of the storm. He's in control. He prays. He watches over his people in the storm. And he comes to them in the darkest hour. When the storm is at its height and he gets into the boat with them. Look at verse 51. He got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. Are you facing a storm? 
You must have faith in the storm. Is Jesus in your boat? Are you trusting Jesus? Don't look to yourself. Look to Jesus. Trust to Jesus to bring you through the storm. You know, fishermen in the northeast, they talk about dodging the storm. What that means is when it's too rough to fish, when the boats are out at sea and it's too rough to fish, the boats dodge. They dodge the storm. Now, dodging the storm, it doesn't mean to avoid the storm. Rather, it means putting the bow of the vessel head on into the storm. That if you try and turn the vessel or if you try and get ahead of the storm, you can go broadside and you can end up capsizing the vessel. You face the storm and you let it come. And so too for us when facing the storms of life, we dodge on. We go into the storm, bow first with Jesus in our boat. And we trust him with Christ by our side. We don't run, we don't try to avoid. We go bow first with Jesus in our boat. And if the miracle of the loaves and the fish teach us that Jesus is the bread of life, that he alone can satisfy and sustain every human heart at its deepest need, Jesus walking on the water teaches us that he is sovereign, that he's in control, and he protects his people through the storms of life. Jesus leads his disciples into a desolate place. He leads them into a stormy place. And finally, he leads them to a safe place. He brings them through the storm and safe to shore. Time is gone. But our journey doesn't end here. Our journey doesn't end with death. Jesus will take us safe home to heaven. That's where our journey ends. To be forever with him. No no more sickness. No more storms. No more death. No more tears. You know I started this sermon. Talking about. The need to have a leader, a guide, a shepherd. Someone we can trust to bring us through life. Who indeed can bring us through death. And bring us safe to the other side, to to the shore of heaven. Jesus is that shepherd. And just think of where we've been this morning with Jesus and his disciples in Mark chapter 6. Just think of some of the things we haven't touched on. The green grass, still waters, a banquet at the feeding of the 5,000, the storm, the valley of death. Thinking about the provision, the, the protection, the presence of the Lord Does that not remind you of another passage in scripture? I tell you what it reminds me of. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, says David. I shall not want. For you are my shepherd. You satisfy my every need. Even in this desolate world, you provide and you sustain me. 
I shall not fear, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when facing the storms of life, I shall not fear, for you are with me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, because Jesus will bring me safe home. Do you know the shepherd? Do you know the difference Jesus makes having him shepherd of your life? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the glorious majesty of your son Jesus. Thank you for what we've considered about him today from your word. Thank you for reminding us that he is the bread of life who can sustain and satisfy our souls. Thank you for reminding us that he is Lord of the storm, sovereign over all, in control, with us in the darkest storms of life. Father, may you help those who are struggling in the storms today. Strengthen their faith. Help them to keep their eye on Jesus. I pray too for those who don't know Jesus. Sheep who are here today without a shepherd. Thank you for reminding us of the compassion that Jesus has for such. May you touch their hearts. Bring them to saving faith in him. Lord, I just want to thank you for the joy And comfort it is to know Jesus, to know the Lord is my shepherd. That because of him I shall not want. I shall not fear. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we just ask all for your glory. And in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.